Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk podcast. We are super excited to be with you this week. We got lots of stuff to recap in this episode, so we're just going to go straight to it. We have a women's soccer recap, women's volleyball recap, women's basketball recap, men's basketball recap, championship week recap. We're just <laughs> recapping the entire world for you on this episode. Before we move into the episode, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder to check out our social media pages. Check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Les Talk Pod. We are posting a ton of con- uh, a ton of content on there. Shout out to Cash Peterman for liking our video as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we made it. we're loving it. All right, without further ado, let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over your death, Let's back this booer. Yeah! Let's go wild, Let's go. Let's go. We're at a waterfall, dude. Put this butt down here. Welcome back in listeners and thank you for joining us for another episode of probably our personal favorite podcast. You know, I'd say it's up there and it's not too. Okay. (laughs) Nice. What's that? I don't even know what I was going to It's like the Spain pain thing, like Spain without the S. But that has nothing to do with numbers, so forget forget I brought it up. Ten without the zero. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> uh, the first thing we want to talk about is BYU women's soccer. Yeah. What a season they had. And it all culminated in the championship game, their first ever championship game in women's soccer they had never even made it to the elite eight did they make they made they had made it to they the admitted the elite had eight never but made not it final, final four, four. yeah mm-hmm. college cup. Yes. the college cup yes the college cup the soccer version of a final four they love their cups <laughs> in that sport but they made it to the championship um and lost in penalty kicks on the last kick heartbreaking for the players but I mean, I think they got to keep their heads up because what they did was very special. Yeah. Can we just clap it out for them? Round good of applause. Season. Incredible season. Great season. Incredible is a good word for it. Yeah. I I mean, penalty kicks are fun and all, but it's not fun when you lose in penalties because it's not really – it's not representative of how good your team is mm-hmm. or how good you are as a player, right? It's just – it's kind of like shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. It's just one tiny aspect of the game, and it just happened to be the deciding factor. Yeah, it's absolutely a tough way to lose, but honestly, you just got to be so proud of this women's soccer team. They broke that ceiling. They made it to the Final Four. Then they made it to the championship game. That is so incredible for the BYU women's soccer brand, for the BYU brand in general. I mean, that's just amazing. Shout out to you know the coach that's been there since the start of the program, the taking goat. it from absolutely nothing to now a national championship runner-up. That is absolutely incredible. We cannot be more proud of this BYU women's soccer team. Yeah. I think what they did was so much more than just going, having a good season and then losing in the championship. Because, like, kind of what we said, they broke the glass ceiling for BYU women's mm-hmm. soccer. They mm-hmm. kind of paved a trail for the future. 
And I remember one thing that they were talking about during the semifinal game was how Santa Clara won it last year. And they're in BYU's conference, kind of closer to home. And seeing Santa Clara do that really inspired BYU's players and made it seem a lot more realistic mm -hmm. that they could win a championship. I'm sure you know they all had goals to win a championship, but it just made it more realistic and made it easier to you know, work harder to achieve that goal. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I think what this does will have a similar effect, but even bigger, because now it's your own program having that success. And so, you know, the players who are you know, underclassmen seeing this happen, you know, being a part of it, they'll be inspired to, you know, one-up the previous generation. They'll kind of want to stand on their shoulders and achieve even more. And I think it's great for the program, I think. You know, Coach Rockwood definitely deserves it. She's mm -hmm. been really good here. Oh, yeah. And I think we're going to, instead of having to rebuild, we're going to reload because yes. we have a lot of great youth in the ranks. Yeah. Uh, Michaela Colohan and Cameron Tucker, they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, Michaela yeah. Colohan was first-team All-American mm -hmm. for the third time, uh, becoming an All-American for the third time. And Cameron Tucker was a third-team All-American. So... That duo was just absolutely insane, yeah. and we we're gonna lose them. We're gonna lose a couple of other players, including our goalkeeper that was playing on like yeah. <laughs> separated shoulder that needed surgery. She's like a yep. seventh year mm -hmm. senior or something. Yeah, but it was just it it was kind of a sad way to go out. But really, like you said, Dan, it's amazing what they've done. Mm -hmm. And just to put it in kind of perspective, Florida State had has now been to the championship game nine times. Yep, and yeah. they only won it three. Right, including this year. And so it's not like we should be super depressed that we didn't win. This is hard. It's it's it is an achievement to get to the national championship game, even if you don't win it. That should still be recognized and appreciated. Absolutely. BYU got there. Now we know we can get there. Mm -hmm. BYU women's soccer has been recruiting at an elite level for years, as far as I can remember. So I think that like Dan said, this is not a rebuild, this is a reload. I think it won't be long before we are back in this position. So shout out to our girls for that. Now let's take a quick recap of other BYU sports. Let's talk about women's volleyball, who is currently playing in their postseason tournament as well. Women's volleyball, they are kind of on a roll right now. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. swept Boise State pretty easily, too. Like, <laughs> they yeah. smacked Boise State. That was the Friday first night. round. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And then the second round, to go to the Sweet 16 – they had to go through Utah, who's also a top 25 team. Mm -hmm. They beat them 3-1, but it was probably like the closest I've seen one of these women's volleyball teams, one of these like matches all season. It was super intense, went down to the wire in each of the last three sets of BYU won. They only won by two, two, and three. So It was a fight. Yeah. It was absolutely a fight. Really fun. Really proud of these girls going to the Sweet 16 yet again. Yeah, they really had to dig in to beat Utah. Utah uh, gave them uh, their best shot. Uh, <laughs> <Get it. laughs> wow, that was Dan, you really killed but... that joke. Oh. <laughs> okay, well. Dan, you really set him up. Oh, oh man. I got to block you guys out or Dan, something. You, you really served it right to me. 
Nice. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, we should move on. Poorly yeah. worse. They dug in. They've got Purdue on Thursday at 9 a.m. Oh. It's kind of a strange time for a Very playoff good. match, mm-hmm, but yeah. whatever. Kinley just texted me and said, those are horrible shows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kidley. Um, yeah, they're looking to make a deep run. Keep an eye on them. BYU's having a great time with their sports programs. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is yet another example. Yeah, and again, continuing on, let's go to women's basketball. They beat mm-hmm. Utah 85 to 80, which, by the way, everyone, mm-hmm. completed a season sweep of the Scroots. Clap it out, yep. We hate Utah. We hate Utah. Anyway. This is our state. <laughs> this really is our state. Uh, so on the season against Utah, we are now 5-0-1 with the women's soccer team tying. Mm-hmm. But other than yeah. that, we've beaten Utah five times across in, five different sports. In everything so. Not a single L. That's awesome. Yeah, our women's basketball team moved up to number 16 in the rankings. Mm. Still incredible. undefeated. Absolutely incredible. The highest they've ever been ranked in program history. Get some respect. So amazing for them. Friday, they play at Oklahoma, which is going to be a tough game. Ooh. But we believe in our women's team. Shaylee Gonzalez is going to drop a 30-piece on these fools. Yep. Heck yeah. Isn't she like the TikTok star or something? I think she does Instagram. have like a big TikTok I know she's like I don't know. weirdly famous and also really good at basketball. <laughs> also, good at basketball. <laughs> so, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Good for her and the whole team. Yeah. Um, in men's basketball, we beat Missouri State and their massive half-court logo. Man. Oh, my goodness. Just from three point on the three-point. That hurt my eyes. Hurt my brain. So it's big. like a 2D blimp on the court. <laughs> Actual size. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But uh, we did win. Uh, we are now number 20 in the net. It probably okay. changed while we were just sitting here because yep. the net is quite volatile. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on there. And we are number 24 in the Associated Press poll. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just glad we're ranked in the eight people. You know, losing the UVU was hard because even though it's a quad two loss, UVU is not a nationwide brand. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say you lose to Valpo or you lose to, I don't know, a Saint random. St. John's. Yeah, St. John's. These are all schools that people have heard of and people know that have made the tournament before. UVU is kind of like an up and coming school. The AP voters don't know who the heck the Wolverines are. <laughs> so, yeah, that was tough for us. Shout out to the AP poll for keeping us ranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as of right now, Utah Valley is 77th in the net. Mm. Virginia is 78. Oh, wow. So okay. <laughs> there's a long list of teams that BYU could have lost to that, you know, the the voters would not have cared as much about. Right. There's a lot of teams who, you know, have a lot more national recognition and so on that... Even if BYU lost them, they wouldn't have dropped so much. But because Utah Valley, like you said, is kind of a newer program, um, they're called Utah Valley, which (laughs) (laughs) for anyone outside of Utah, they see that and kind of laugh at it. But Anytime Mm -hmm. there's a valley in the name, everyone laughs, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Prairie View Valley or... St. Bosco Valley, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know it's how many valleys there. Yeah, St. Bosco Valley. Mm-hmm. But, definitely yeah, it's really not as bad as a loss at it se- as it seemed that night, as devastated as it was. I think the biggest thing that we were all kind of devastated about was get loss of Gavin Baxter. Yeah. I think yeah, that really overshadowed yeah, the loss. That's definitely. Than it really was. And kind of something Justin was saying earlier, too, like, we're in football season where as soon as you lose a game, like, your season's over, you know, we're in the Independence Bowl now, but in basketball, it's super different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, five ranked teams lose on any given night. 
Yeah. And moving on from that, though, we should talk a little bit about the win <coughs> over Missouri State. Talk about something sure, other sure. than the massive half-court logo. <laughs> move on. Uh, at the time that we won it, it was a quad one victory. They were pretty high in the net. It is, as of right now, a quad two victory. If I'm not mistaken, the final quad victory, like, like the assignments that you get is based on your end-of-year net, right? Yes. Not yeah. when you play. It's always changing. So it's awesome that we beat them. Barcelo had 21 points, kind of cold from three, went two for seven. Tejan Lucas had 17. So it yeah, looks like decent. our, our backcourt is really carrying us right now. Which we really need because we have no inside presence. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Spencer Johnson has really been a surprise this season. Mm-hmm. He went three of three from three and had 12 points. He's really good defensively. And he's been carrying his weight offensively, too. It's really surprising me. Like, if you would have told me one player that was going to break out, he would have probably been, like, number 11 on the list <laughs> yep. of 15, mm-hmm. you know, players. So, I'm, I'm impressed by him. It's someone to keep my eye on, too. You know, maybe he's going to be – he really is going to be, like, the next Zach Selyus. Yeah. He's kind of an X factor for this team, it seems. He can either get hot from three, he can – get a bunch of steals or, you know, lock someone down on D. Mm-hmm. Or he can kind of go over and have a really quiet game. So yeah. he's someone that's, you know, interesting to keep an eye on. One of my favorite stats, or maybe one of my only stats, if you use my possessive, but <laughs> it's the dunk to turnover ratio, which by our algorithm, which is hitting control F on the game cast and searching for dunks. <laughs> yeah. It was zero to nine. Nice. Not ideal. Not ideal. Zero dunks for this team. I guess that's what happens when you lose Gavin and Gideon George. Mm-hmm. Caleb uh Caleb Loner was not pulling his dunk weight this game. Come on. No, he was not listening, Caleb. It's gonna need a Come on, man. Gotta get a few more dunks now. Seriously. But yeah, nine turnovers isn't terrible. It's pretty close to our average from what I've remembered. Right. Yeah, but that's not awful. No I dunks. I don't think that's bad, like, objectively. Nine turnovers as long as yeah. you Yeah, it's not dunks. awful. Missouri State was a pretty big team. They were tall. We were definitely not. Our tallest <laughs> guy on the court, I think, was Caleb Lohner at any given that's time. 6'5 or 6'8. I think he's 6'6 six, 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 six or something like that. Yeah. We are really struggling without our bigs. Missouri State, again, this is Missouri State, not a powerful, super powerful team. They out-rebounded us in the game 39-34. to That is something that we are going to need to figure out if we are going to compete in the WCC and compete further on down the line in the postseason. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is, especially in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we noticed this last year. The NCAA tournament is all about grit, mm-hmm. hustle, physical play, and BYU was not ready for that. Rebounding is a huge part of that. We need more people like Caleb Lohner, who's a very violent rebounder. Oh, yeah. So... Going into the next game against Utah State, look for rebounding to be a factor because Utah State, they're a good team. This is a big-time matchup, not only because of the rivalry, but also because Utah State is a good basketball team. Yeah, they're coming in at 6-2 and two so far this season, but they haven't played the best of schedules. They haven't played a true away game. Mm-hmm. And this will be probably a kind of eye-opening or awakening for them as they come to the Marriott Center, which is a very hard place to play. So we've got to figure out how to use that to our advantage and kind of overpower them at home. 
Yes. I mm-hmm. wish all of our screaming could go directly. I wish we could like like allocate our screaming points into like boosting s- certain statistical averages mm. of the team because I would be screaming my mm. head off that would for be us to finally shoot like 19% from 3. We got to do some <laughs> research on that because there's got to be something like obviously us screaming doing going absolutely out of our minds at the games yelling da Obviously, it helps the team. It's got to. It, has it, it to doesn't be. just hurt the other team. It helps the team. Has so that to. is something that we have to research. A lot of psychology there. Right. Exactly. Like the single reason BYU beat Gonzaga in 2020 was the crowd. of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no other court reason. Advantage. And here's the thing. When the crowd is going super crazy, you're f- you, you feel it in your veins. You go and take that three, you know what's going in, and you know it's yeah. going crazy. Yes. Yeah. So splashing right down the yeah. middle. Like Jared was saying, this will be a very important game to gauge how we will do in the WCC as well because Utah State just recently played St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. It was a very tight game the entire way, and Utah State ended up losing by two to St. Mary's. Very controversial. Mm. I was watching the end of that suspect. game. Suspect. Very suspect. It was kind of a ref show. Um, but they did lose. It was close. St. Mary's is super physical, and Utah State hung in there with that physical play. So look for BYU to have to get up, be really physical, kind of like the San Diego State game earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Lots of rebounding, lots of defense. Hopefully we can stick in it with basically our entire big men out. (laughs) Justin Bean is their best player. He's averaging 22-plus. Justin Bond. I can't believe that, man. Justin Bean's a good player. Uh, Utah State's 50 in the net right now. It's going to be a quad two game for us. The Marriott Center is going to be absolutely rocking. Utah State is our biggest in-state basketball rivalry. Just because Utah State's been good, Utah hasn't. Yeah. So I feel like there's a little more fuel, a little more passion there. I'm really excited for the game. We're we're all going to do our best to be there in person. It's going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait to give myself a brain bleed with how loud I am yelling. (laughs) Last time, I I literally got injured last game because (laughs) I was cheering too hard. I was with Dan, jumping up and down, going crazy. And my foot landed on top of a cup holder. I fell and hit my shin on the back of a chair. Had this massive scab on my shin for weeks. But it was absolutely worth it. And I cannot wait to pick one player on Utah State and mercilessly pick on them the entire game. And we're going to choose this bean guy. Because we need to get in his head. He's averaging 22 points and 12 and a half rebounds. So he is like... He is a force to be reckoned He's with. He's good. Mm-hmm. And come on, all the Mr. Bean jokes we can make with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I found a gold nugget. Oh, <laughs> okay, let's hear the nugget. Justin Bean has an NIL deal. Oh, oh no. It's with Taco Time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they wanted to promote their bean burritos. <laughs> 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 Utah kidding. State home games. We just got an s- NIL deal for bean burritos. Bean burrito. <laughs> oh, we need to start that. Bean oh. burrito. Oh, man. If this was like 20 years That's ago, amazing. we would all bring a bunch of bean burritos and just throw them out oh. in the game. <laughs> Honestly, I still might. Or, yeah. You know, I might just bring like a pocket full of dried beans that haven't been cooked yet and slyly just like... When they're in the timeout huddle, yeah, just, just like bouncing them around the court. When he's sitting on the, when he's sitting on the bench with his cup of water, trying to get him in his cup of yeah, water. Get in his cup. Of water. <laughs> wow. You are what you eat, Bean. Oh, we are so going at this Bean guy. This Love is gonna it. be fun. It's an NIL deal. <laughs> <laughs> bean burritos. <laughs> oh that's, that's man, good stuff. That is fantastic. Shout out to him for going for it. I yeah, that. I mean that's awesome. 
I mean, I'd take any NIL deal I could get, to be honest. I know, right? Our podcast would take it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. If anybody wants, like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't care. Gas what station, is. come sponsor us. Like, gas mm-hmm. station donuts, come sponsor us. We will hype the heck out of you. Oh yeah, Seven Eleven pizzas. Seven mm-hmm. Eleven, what it is? The best <laughs> pizza I've ever had. Go get yourself a Seven Eleven pizza. <laughs> I will say that every day of my life, every hour, if you just give me, I don't know, ten bucks. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a good game. Yes. I think it's going to be a close one. I agree. Is there a point spread out for it yet? Point spreads in basketball are so weird. They come out just like a couple hours Let's before the see. game, it seems like. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, there's so many games in basketball. There's so That's many true. moving parts that it's hard to do the point spread. Football, you can almost do it weeks in advance. Basketball, right. like you have to be yeah. like sitting there waiting in order to get a good bet on it. Currently, the spread is BYU minus 8.5. I think you know that's a little high. Hmm. I hope we win by 20 points. I hope Caleb Lohner dunks and puts his walnuts in Justin Bean's face. Ooh. Ooh. Nuts and beans. <laughs> yes, nuts, nuts and, beans. and beans. Good combo. I hope we lock him down on D and can figure out how to rebound the ball. Yes. Because we got to figure that out with losing Gavin and hopefully we get George back. Yes. Do we know he's coming back? No he's he's in sick. Like he just like had he doesn't like have a, any a cold specific or timeline. Yeah. Is, has it been like a cold or has it been, from what I understand, <laughs> it's like a flu. flu That's right? what Mark Pope said Maybe in his post-game games. And stuff yeah, he said there's a flu going around. And they get tested for COVID every day, right? Yeah. So they know it's not COVID. Yeah. But like Tijon Lucas was playing super sick this game. Mm-hmm. You know, Caleb Lohner. And like the whole team has kind of been just like under the weather for the last couple, you know, last couple games, which is not an excuse by any means. But I, I would hope that we get over this soon and we can start yeah. to see that in our shooting, our hustle. Maybe it's we don't time for a flu game. Yes. Yeah, flu game. What I would absolutely love to see, we're going to be at the Marriott Center. The Marriott Center is going to be packed. I honestly think that the parents and you know the boosters and everyone that fills out the non-student section, I think people will show up just because it's Utah State. I agree. The I student agree. section is going to fill up. Can you imagine how loud it's going to get if Alex Barcelo, Tejan Lucas, Spencer Johnson, Trevenel all hit their first few threes? Ooh, baby. It's going to be insane. And BYU feeds off of that energy. really does. So, yeah, that's what I would love to see. Just us finally heat up for three because, really, we're kind of sucking at the three-point line right now. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So, I'm excited about this. My bet is that BYU wins but does not cover the spread. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they win by more than eight. Yeah. I think it's going to be really close. Okay. They're going to win by 15. They're going to run away with it? 15 points. All righty. I'd be very happy with that. I'm locking it up. It's a lock. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if you have any fun chant ideas, DM us and we'll start them at the game. Like, yeah. we are farmers. Bum, 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 That's bum. classic. Yeah, That's good always one. classic against Utah State. Look yeah. out for good Boney Fuller content. Oh, mm, yep. yes. One of the greatest. Always great. All time great. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. <coughs> yeah. Just yeah. his like profile picture with his Twitter handle. <laughs> he should be immortal. Like, you know the BYU Student Athletic Building where oh, they yeah. have like. You know, the, the Heisman trophies, like the Naismith trophy, all like the, you know, the, the, the championship trophy. They got to have just Boney Fuller's account. <laughs> just every tweet he's ever had. Just they should have a small TV on the wall dedicated to Boney Fuller where you can just <laughs> scroll through all the memes yes. that he's posted. And they need that. Honestly, they'd probably have to censor some out, but. <laughs> that would be fantastic. You know what? Let's lobby for it. One day, I'm going to become a rich person, and I'm going to say, okay, I'll donate $10 million to you guys, BYU, but only if you put a bony Fuller TV in the wall. <laughs> and get rid of Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Navy pants. Alrighty. <laughs> that was that was quite a tangent we went yeah. on. That was a very good tangent. <laughs> good tangent. Get your bean burritos in time for the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. know, I don't want to. I don't want to support them. You know, I'm not going to get a bean burrito. I'm going to get a beef burrito. Beef. <laughs> Beef and rice, no beans. Yeah, beef and cheese. You smell oh. like beef and cheese. Potatoes. You could replace a bean with potato. No, okay, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's just too funny. Let's move it's on to college funny. football. Let's, yeah. burritos, let's move on. <laughs> Back on the rails. <laughs> okay, let's move on with our college football cleanup. Uh, you know, college football season is winding down to a close, unfortunately. It makes us very sad. But we do have some very fun weeks left. And championship week was very fun. So before it we was. do anything, mm-hmm. shall we start with our fastest 15, 11, 4, I don't know, 10? Uh, this is also our, fa- our last fastest. So mm-hmm. oh. Enjoy it while it lasts. Moment of silence. All right, yeah, that was, that okay. was enough of a that's, moment. That's <clears throat> All righty. Jared, cue the music. We kick things off in Texas San Antonio, where students ate free at the Hilltopper Cafe. Bailey Zap P was literally the entire offense for Waku, who ended up with a grand total of negative nine rushing yards. I'm no expert, but that's not good. Sincerely yours. Gerald McCormick and UTSA win 49 to 41. <laughs> we take a trip to the city of sin where there was a classic case of an unholy beatdown. <gasps> the physicality of the Utes Las Vegas stripped away the dignity of the Oregon Ducks. Indecent. Utah is rising. Cameron, that is, to the Rose Bowl, while Mario Cristobal ran home to Miami with his tail tucked between his legs like a little baby weenie child. That's the real you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Utah wins it, 38-10. to 10. Ladies and gentlemen, history has been made! Woo! History! In Love the most history. massive way possible, the Huskies dogs slid their way into the history books by becoming the first team to go from zero wins in one season to conference champ. The very next. Yeah. Kent State life golden flash before their eyes as they took a 42, 40, 41 to 23 L at the hands of the Northern Illinois. <laughs> we had a chance to see the color orange in the college football playoff, but Spencer sanded down our hopes and dreams with four interceptions. <sighs> the game got awfully grimy when Oklahoma State had eight chances to go one single yard, but did not get it. Wow. Baylor crushed BYU's New Year's Six hopes harder than my elementary school crush, crushed my feelings when I told her I like her, and she said, Ew. Now that's some childhood trauma. I gotta hear the story behind that. Pretty sad. (laughs) The Bears win 21 to 16. Hey, Boom, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah? Do you think a team missing the majority of its starters due to COVID will struggle? Well, SDSU proved you right. Imagine that. Utah State's B-52 Bonner <laughs> flew over San Los Diego Angeles, dropping wow. L's larger than Ogden's cow population. Oh, San Diego State got its Aztec whooped by the Aggies, 46 to 13. We head to the Fun Belt. Well, 
where Bill Napier was fixing to coach his last game at Jalhajan Gaiden. Louisiana's gumbo, just too spicy for Mike Mears, and threw off and spent most of the day in the crapper. Oh, mm. Louisiana caps off a 12 straight win with a 24-16 win over Appalachian State. And the most disappointing result of championship weekend. Kirby Smart, or should I say, Kirby Dumb, <laughs> <Got him. laughs> choked against Alabama once again. Bryce Young looked like the dog whisperer out there, the way he lulled the Bulldogs' defense to sleep. The CF committee, CFP committee, that is, knelt at their Nick Saban altar and began to sing, Our God is an awesome God, He reigns. I how that goes. Handing over the number one spot in the playoff faster than Anakin Skywalker handed a death sentence to the youngins. Ooh. Alabama wins it, 41 to 24. Hey, Booger, can you remind me, is football two halves or just one? Uh, I think it's two. Because it looked like in the second half, Houston had a problem. Uh -oh. Luke was not fickle in running up the score as Desmond rid off into the playoff sunset, leading his team to an impressive 35-20 victory and the G5's first playoff berth. About time. Good luck against Bama. Uh-oh. We love you, Cincy. We head to the Atlantic Coast, where you think Kenny Pickett shopped at TJ Maxx given how fake his slides were. Oh my goodness. Oh, man. The Deacon Demons, I mean Deacon Demons, I mean Demon Deacons, tried to take home the trophy but were torn to shreds by the Panthers. Sam took the last pretty heart man. Ah! Pitt wins it. 45 to 21. Ho, ho, Harbaugh! Jimmy Old Saint Nicholas did not lose this one, and in Kerb, Herb Street, Ferenc, the largest L in Hawkeye history, since Gary Barta joined the program back in 2006. No, that's a big L boom. The Wolverines were feistier than Logan Howlett in that weird stand alone, beating Spencer's Petras and holding him to 9 of 22 passing. Mm -hmm. CFP bound might. Michigan slaughters Ioya. 42 to 3. Bonus round. Whee! In the championship for the worst program in the state of California. USC and Cal played the most meaningless game of the college football whole year. Mm. Cal Berkeleyed the competition six feet underground Ooh. while they penetrated the Trojan defense with ease. Mm. USC continues its fall from the blue blood line, taking a 24 to 14 L at the hands of the Cal Bears. That's tough. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, it was good to get that. Uh, you now know everything you need to know about college football. Mm -hmm, so yeah. we're just going to end the episode True. here. Um, just kidding, we're not. No, okay. absolutely so, not. You wish. We have lots of things to say. We okay. have lots more things to complain about. <sighs> <clears throat> so everyone just buckle in. This is going to be a rough 20 minutes or whatever time we spend on this. Mm -hmm. Let's just start it all off and just get all the gripes out right away. Okay. College football playoff committee came out with its top four. None of us were surprised. We kind of saw it going that way. Yeah. New Year's Six, we did know that it was a slim chance for BYU to get it. Didn't happen. Made worse by the fact that Utah and Pitt jumped us, even though they definitely weren't deserving of that. Terrible. The worst part, though, is I'm watching the show, and I'm like, ah, you know, they jumped us, whatever. We'll, we'll still get a good bowl game. You know, we'll probably play UTSA. And then they show the graphic of the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. <laughs> BYU is playing UAB. I cannot believe it. Honestly... 
when I saw that, I got, I honestly got depressed. I was sad. I was, I could not live with the fact that BYU, after its incredible season, two straight incredible seasons, ending it playing a G5 opponent. I cannot believe it. I don't get what's happening. UAB's been a good team all year. I will admit it. UAB is a solid team. But the fact that we're in the Independence Bowl instead of New Year Six after this year, going what is it six and one against the Power Five? Yeah, and our only loss to a conference champion, a G five oh. team, <laughs> and it's not even a t- top tier G five team. It's a third, the third best team in Conference USA, who's probably like the third best G five conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's disappointing. I must say, UAB has a pretty cool logo. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. I like their, their dragon blazer thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sick. That being said, it seems like BYU is getting shafted here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And earlier we talked about you know, when BYU first lost and how because they're not in a conference, they don't have a conference championship, they don't have much to play for. Right. Well, here's Exhibit A, folks. Mm-hmm. They're yep. playing the third best team in Conference USA in their supposed to be special bowl game. Like, what's the point? I, I, it is infuriating and depressing, and I don't like it. It's horrible. I mean, the Independence Bowl. It's not all bad. We just we looked up the we looked up the payout. It is what two point two million. Two point two million. Yeah, two point two million is it's very surprising. Almost two and a half times as much as we made last year. Yes. At the Boca Raton, which was only nine hundred grand. Only nine hundred. So I mean, at least that's good. But man, this this hurts. If you're BYU, how motivated are you for this game? Are there going to be a ton of opt outs? Are there going to be a ton of people that just say, mm, "Yeah, it's whatever." How is this going to play out? Honestly. I will not be surprised if there are a ton of opt-outs. I would love to think that Tyler Algier and uh, Samson Nakua, like, you know, I I don't know. I think Samson would play, but yeah. I would yeah. love to think that they're all going to play, but I really, there's like, there's no motivation. Like, I feel like you're just playing for pride at this point, and that's something that it takes a real mature football program to get up and fight for pride when there's nothing else on the line, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're that kind of program yet. No, I absolutely agree. I think bowl games are kind of dying. What mm-hmm. like years ago, bowl games were that was all the rage, right? You wanted to make a bowl. Like if you were bowl eligible, that meant something. Winning your bowl game meant something. Now everyone just opts out of bowl games and says, you know what, this isn't a part of my season. If it's not, if it doesn't really mean anything for a championship, why the heck are we here? I honestly hate to see that. I think bowls should be special. I think this bowl is special for BYU just because, I don't know, you, you play, you get your $2.2 million. It's a chance for you to show out the scouts one more time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a tough issue. I'll, I'll, I'll just conclude with this. BYU got shafted. Yep. Yeah, I think the most, the person who will be most motivated for BYU to win, and this might open up a whole other can of worms, but I think it's Tom Homo. Mm. Yeah, because he needs those two point two million dollars to pay Kalani Satake <laughs> to keep him in Provo because yeah. mm-hmm. he is a very popular man these days. Yes, Oregon yes, has is. been coming to calling lately. Yeah, he's linked to the Washington job, the Oregon job. It seems any West Coast job that opens, he'll be near the top of that list. 
His name was even in the USC job, you know, before Rick yeah, Lincoln Yeah, it was took for it. a minute, like, way at the beginning of the season. Right. So, I know that's a whole different story. I don't I don't <laughs> think he's leaving particularly soon. I think he he's happy where he is. Yeah. I think it's a good fit for him. But there are a lot of schools that can afford to pay him a lot more than we are willing to. <laughs> and here's that's the thing. for sure. I completely agree that he – I don't think he will leave. But at the same time, given how much other coaches around the NCAA are getting paid, because he wants to be the next Lavelle Edwards, that does not give us a liberty to underpay him and oh, just say, definitely. okay, you know, we know you're not going to leave, so just take your $500,000 and <laughs> suck it. <laughs> or like, even your $2 million. Yeah, like yeah. we have to compete, not because we think he's going to leave, but because we have to be fair to this coach who has given everything to this program and has taken it from – kind of a kind of like good brand to a team that has been in the college football playoff rankings two years in a row now. without missing a single ranking. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think he definitely should stay. I trust Tom Homel too. I heard him say the other day that quote, like there's something to be excited about in the, in the, in the future. So like he's being in talks with, he's in talks with Kalani all the time. I don't think he's leaving. I think he's motivated to win the game. I think Kalani is motivated to win the game too because mm. the sign of a good coach, right, is that you go out and you win 11 games per year. You get your guys motivated for the small games too. I think that's something that Kalani should do and hopefully our players buy into it as well. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's BYU's last football game this year, UAB. In the Independence Bowl. Do we know the date for that? The 18th. Can't remember. December 18th. It'll be a Saturday. Cool. Second day of bowls. So we'll keep you guys. We'll give you another preview for that as we get closer. But that is how the championship weekend plays out as it pertains to BYU. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now let's take a look at the rest of college football. Jared kind of already mentioned this. Championship weekend gave us our clear top four. Bama. Georgia, Michigan, and Cincy. Those are the top four. Not in that order. I personally think that Bama is number uh, 7 million. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Got him. Bama absolutely destroyed Georgia. It's my personal opinion that Georgia got exposed and shouldn't even be in the top four, but there was nobody to overtake that because Oklahoma State right. gave the ultimate, most incredible choke job in all of college football history. That was ridiculous. That was the most frustrating game. Baylor didn't score like past like the five minute mark in the second half. In yeah. the second quarter. I, what? Yeah. And they couldn't. Spencer Sanders just said, hey, you know, do you want the ball defense? Interception. 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 Dude was throwing <laughs> the ball around like it was candy or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like he was on top of a parade float trying to toss candy. My and then goodness. The worst part for me is that Oklahoma State gets to the like one inch yard line <laughs> twice in the game. The inch line. First and in inches. First Half and goal from line. the from the inch line. The inch yard line. <laughs> Which one is it? The, the three inch <laughs> yard line. <laughs> three um, inch yard line. <laughs> and they Americans. could they, uh, through those eight plays, they got three points and they like netted negative five yards. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. They definitely didn't deserve to be in the playoff after that. I think nope. we can all say uh, that, yep, right? Absolutely. If you yeah. can't gain mm -hmm. one inch yard, then 
you don't deserve to be in the playoff. An inch yard. I do have a question for you, though. Let's if hear it. Baylor doesn't drop that dumb game to TCU, mm. are they a playoff contender? Guaranteed. I th- yeah, I think they would be. Definitely. They have like six ranked wins on the year. I don't think they have. They have an incredible resume. If it's just they dropped that gun, that dumb game to TCU. Now I am. This leads us into like my next set of gripes. Okay, is the rankings now the Baylor? Don't forget about the Baylor thing. I'm gonna bring it up. Okay, Utah. Okay, beat up on Oregon in the regular season, and the committee gives them like two spots up. Right? Then they go beat up on Oregon again, and all of a sudden the committee's like, "Oh, that was a good win." Moves them up seven freaking spots. Okay. And Oregon doesn't really drop. No, I, it blows my mind. Oregon got absolutely embarrassed twice in a row. I think that says more about Oregon than it does about Utah. That's a whole other thing. Okay, Pitt beats Wake Forest, and yes, they did it handily. So they move up to 12. That one is... Yeah, okay, I can see it. Right, yeah. But then the bail... So you'd think that the reason that those teams jumped BYU is because of a conference championship. And I'm doing massive air quotes right now. Because mm-hmm. the committee loves to just give us these rankings in the first five weeks and then screw us over in the last one. Right, but they're not consistent because if they were valuing conference championships so much, why is Ohio State and Notre Dame? And I'm an Ohio State fan. Why are they ranked above Baylor? Baylor should be number five if you're doing that. If you're giving that sort of credit to a conference championship, mm-hmm. how is Baylor not ahead of Ohio State? Same number of losses. Baylor has more ranked wins and is a conference champion, and yet they're behind Notre Dame and Ohio. I just the committee is completely inconsistent. Are they though? Or are they giving credit to teams that have large fan bases that will bring oh, in money? Nah. That's the thing. This, is, this is not about the most deserving teams. This is about what will make the most money for the college football playoff. I think it's absolute crap. The only reason Pitt got this ranking above us and Utah got ranked above us is because they are a conference champ. Like Dan said earlier, it hurts us not being in a conference. It really does. Barta said in his interview that they valued the rankings, 1 through 12, when assigning New Year 6 bids. Because of that, Pitt had to jump us because they wanted to shaft BYU yep. and any other school, except for Michigan State, apparently, because, again, <laughs> blue blood program. Can we please talk about what Michigan State has done for the country? Nothing. They beat Michigan once? On a uh-huh. fluky play because the refs absolutely screwed up a play that should have been a fumble recovery for, for a, touchdown. a touchdown. That would have given Michigan State, like, or would have Mich- given Michigan, Michigan like, a three-score lead. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, pretty laid back. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't have yeah. a lot of enemies, but I do have one. And who is that? Gary Barda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rightfully so. He's one of the only enemies I have. I've never met the guy. I'm sure he's a decent person. No, he's not, not <laughs> nope. making committee things. However, he and his so-called committee, more air, air quotes, quotes, air quotes. Air quotes. They're more corrupt than FIFA. Oh, <laughs> now that's an allegation. I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. You heard it here first. <laughs> They're on an agenda to put money in their pockets and the pockets of a few Power Five programs. And college football is broken because of what has happened. Mm-hmm. Bowl, bowl games have lost their value, and the playoff is not good. We, we're all so excited for it. They've ruined it. Already, mm-hmm. they and I think all they can do to fix it is to expand it, which mm-hmm. I'm a staunch proponent of. And 
auto bids for conference champions. Yes. Like what the the Bulls be? Is that who he was? But they're like the sixth highest, the sixth highest ranked conference champions, regardless of P five or G five status. Can yeah. Auto bid. No, I'm not super mad about that because you know it's the Pac twelve commissioner who's saying that okay, we don't want to include G five at all. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. Let's say Houston won. Well, I guess we don't have an unranked Power Five champion. Say UTSA won though. But yeah, let let's say you know Cincinnati was at five or something like that. They would get in over Utah. They would get in over Pitt. They would get in over right, all these teams right. to like to make the they would they would get the auto bid. So I'm not super mad about that, but I'd love to see all ten conferences get an auto bid. Be fantastic. But you know, Conference USA would absolutely get smashed by SEC. <laughs> absolutely, but I don't I, know. I would still pay to see it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. It would make money, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Question for you guys: What is more crooked? The CFP committee and Gary Barta's mortal, like morals, morals, their yeah. moral alignment, or Gary Barta's bottom jaw. <laughs> um, you guys look it up. Gary Barta's teeth, <clears throat> especially his bottom teeth. So he needs some orthodonture. He needs like a complete facial overhaul. Oh my goodness! Oh, whoa. Yeah, look at him. It's he looks like that. the Grinch. Oh, oh no! Yeah, it looks like he looks like a British person. <laughs> would, like, would like some beans on toast, Mister Barter. Oh, Master Barter. Master Barter. That's his name. They call him Master because that's all he does. Master Barter. Master Barter. <laughs> would you like some beans on toast and some tea with your crumpet? Would you like a bean burrito from Justin Bean. <laughs> Taco time. <laughs> Can we also talk about how Gary Barter? Is the current Iowa AD? Iowa has done nothing except squeak by this whole season. We've called them frauds. Anytime they play a good team, they lose. They lose forty-two to three. Forty-two to three. Get their booties beaten off with a paddle, and they drop two spots. Two spots. Iowa's terrible. (laughs) They have been terrible the entire year. Oh my goodness! I I don't believe it. I don't. There are just schools that. They get that benefit of the doubt because how they performed in the 1970s and 80s when all these old farts on the committee were growing up. Sorry <laughs> of all, all the people that were born in the 70s and 80s or growing up in the 70s and 80s that, live, that listen to this podcast. You are not old We're not farts. talking about it's you. Not, not talking fault. about you. The committee, they, they're just freaking cremated ashes. Formed into the shape of bodies walking around. They're, they're just dead inside. And I wish they were actually... No, I'm not going to say that. Okay, yep. I, I very much have a disdain for the committee. Yes. yes. You're very anti-committee on well this podcast. Put. Um, one more gripe from me is even apart from BYU, the G5 gets absolutely fadoodled. Mm-hmm. They... I. The, one of the things that made me the most frustrated and most like annoyed is when I go through and I look at all the bowl matchups and I'm thinking, okay, you know, even though BYU got shafted, like we're going to have some good games. We're going to have some good, you know, G five versus P five games. You know, the nope. best, the best one is freaking Utah state and the six and six or seven and five Oregon state team. <laughs> what happens to UTSA that won their conference? What do they get to do? They get to go play San Diego state. 
why not have San Diego State top 20 team go play another top 20 power five team and have USTSA play a power five team? How about Louisiana, who won the fun belt? What do they get to do? They got to go play a seven and five Marshall team. <laughs> why don't Marshall? they get to play Texas A&M or Dang. UNC or NC State? <laughs> and poor Utah State, like, at least they got to play, you know, a P5 team. But why not put them against Oregon or something? Oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah. The G5 just gets no respect and no shot even at the P5. Mm-hmm. The P5 is a fraternity. They don't want to get beat by the G5. They know it's very possible, so they do mm-hmm. everything they can to avoid it. And I think it is toxic. I think it is bad for college football. The, what do we love about college basketball? That these big schools get beat by these random nobodies at random times. Right. College football is very aware that it could happen, even though it is, it is less likely in, in football. I will admit that. Yeah. They are very aware it could happen. So they avoid it altogether. Just like Utah, not scheduling Utah State because they're or, scared. Or BYU for the next two years. <laughs> you know what phrase I've heard going around recently? Defund the that committee. applies to this. Not defund the committee. Oh. But the committee is an old boy network. Yeah. Okay. That's one of my favorite new phrases. An old boy now. <laughs> True. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess that speaks for itself. Yep, yes, I it agree. Does. Oh, man, it was really good, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. How would you guys fix, uh, just give me, like, a quick 30-second synopsis. How would you fix college football postseason. Mm. Who wants to go first? I can go first. You guys think about it. Let's see. Dan, rock, paper, scissors. Whoever loses goes first. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. All right. Gosh dang it. Okay. okay. So I got to go first. How do I fix the postseason? Make conference championships mean something again. Make conference championships mean something by giving each team who wins their conference championship an automatic qualifier for a playoff. Some sort of playoff. Um... To fix bowl games, honestly, I, I don't know how you fix the bowl games because it is the end of the year. It doesn't mean as much. The payouts, maybe increase. Uh, yeah, honestly, I have no clue how to fix bowl games other than the fact that, like, yeah, I have no clue. To be honest, I have absolutely no clue. Other than, like, the meaning behind them, the only way you can fix. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> I absolutely changed my mind. He's back. I'm back. My Come brain is functioning you, you, again. You, 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 Instead of having G5s play G5s and P5s play P5s, match them up with each other based on how they're actually ranked in like the full rankings, not just the top 25. Because it gives G5 schools a chance to prove themselves, to work hard, and to say, we beat this team. And P5 teams are going to have to defend themselves. They are going to have to not get embarrassed by a random G5 school. So they will put in more effort. So let me just get this straight. You want kind of like a net ranking? Kind of like they do with basketball, a net ranking for college football teams, and then they play each other from like outside the playoff, right? So like number twenty-five plays number twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, regardless of P five or G five status. That would kind be of like ideal that. to me. Do away with bowl affiliations. All right, Dan. Um, yeah, tie-ins need to go. You know, conference tie-ins for each bowl game. Mm-hmm. Oh. We we potentially would have seen BYU get jumped by someone behind them 
in the rankings just because they're part of a certain conference, which I don't think is fair. <clears throat> Another thing is to expand the playoff to make it a lot more enticing for teams that are, you know, in that five to, I don't know, 10, five to 15 range. Mm -hmm. It gives them a lot more to play for in their in the, like the rivalry weekend and really every game throughout the season. Um, as far as how many teams in the playoffs, I don't know what the ideal number would be. I'm interested to hear you guys. If it's an eight-team playoff, that is three weeks of games. Twelve-team would be four weeks of games. So, you know, the more weeks you add on, the more difficult it becomes. But looking at here, it's the season ends like early December, and usually the playoff games aren't until around New Year's. January, yeah. So there's a lot of space in there to add, you know, games if we want to. Right. So you definitely could expand to at least eight teams. That's probably the biggest thing I would want, the biggest change I would like to see them make. Also, I remembered what I was going to say about Old Boys Network. Yeah? Let's hear it. College football is an old boys network because it is not a meritocracy, mm, okay. which is another thing I learned in sociology. Mm. I've been paying attention. Okay. It doesn't matter how good you are. It matters if you're part of the Power Five and if you, if the committee likes you or if your AD's on the committee <laughs> or if you're friends with Gary Barta. That's what matters, which is dumb. It's 100% true and 100% horrible. Mm -hmm. Down with old boys' networks, up with meritocracies. I agree. <laughs> preach, Dan, preach. All right. right real quick, I'm going to give you guys my synopsis, and it's kind of complex. Hear me out. Okay. okay. Shorten the regular season to 11 games. Okay. It is 12 right now. You play a 13th of your conference champion, okay? Shorten it to 11 games. We cut down one or two conference games, and you play more out-of-conference games. You more out-of-conference games. There has to be okay. G5 versus P5 matchups in the regular season, okay? Each team has to have two crossovers, okay? Hmm. Now, we can get into the scheduling later. You're only allowed to schedule one FCS team, but you have 11 games, <laughs> right? Regular season. <clears throat> the 12th week becomes championship weekend. Okay. And if you don't make your conference championship, then you play the team that matches up against you in the standings from the other division, right? Okay. Yeah. So okay. Michigan won the Big Ten West, Iowa won the Big Ten or the Big Ten West and Michigan the East. Ohio State would play Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. And down okay. the line. So that's in the that's same great. conference. Right? Mm -hmm. So everybody gets a everybody gets it still gets a twelve game Schedule, right? A twelve you still play twelve games no matter what. Week eleven is left for people to it's like an open schedule. No one has a game scheduled week eleven. And then like two or three weeks before that, ADs call up each other and they all schedule a game. So teams like BYU who don't have a conference championship game, right? Or they, they need like another data point to help boost them up, right? They're sitting at 15. Mm. They need to get in. They can call up Notre Dame who's at 14 and say, hey, it would benefit both of us. You know, winner goes to the top 10, right? Mm -hmm. So they call up. That's what week 11 is for. Week 12 is championship weekend with the matchups. And then that leaves you with week 13 through bowl season to have more space, like Danny said, 
for a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. And you make bowl eligibility. Now, this would take away a couple bowls, but you make it seven games instead of six games. Yep, then it makes great. it more meaningful to get to a bowl. It's harder to get to a bowl. Bowls become more scarce, not by a lot. I bet you it drops from like 42 to 32. Something like tops. that. Yeah. Right. You still, you know, because 82 out of 100 and, or 84 out of 130 teams make bowls nowadays, right? That's, yeah, and that's more than 50%. Right. That's not. It doesn't mean anything. So you need to cut down on the bowls, make it so only like 30% of teams go to bowl games, and then the bowls will mean more. There'll be more money to go around to the teams that do make the bowls and the conferences or, and the teams in the conferences of those teams. I like it. Yeah. Amen. There has to be radical change, and it has will be to. led by the Les Talk podcast. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Les Talk Podcast. As we sign off, we want to remind you one more time to check out our social media pages at Les Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us for amazing content. You'll be laughing your socks off, I promise you. <laughs> if you don't, money back guarantee, even mm-hmm. though it's free, so you just get your $0 back. Yeah. Still a good deal. You're not supposed to say that part. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to leave a review. Make sure to follow and make sure to download the episode. The downloads help more than you know. Thank you so much. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. Thank you.